Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful or memorable video game from a particular moment in their life. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game special or memorable for our guest as we will dive into the context of when they had this meaningful time with it that made it stick in their memory. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that anything that my guest or I plug today, you can check the show notes, whether you're listening on a podcast feed or on YouTube, and there's going to be links to all sorts of good stuff, so you don't even have to search for it. First of which, uh, the podcast, Call Me By Your Game, is all over social media. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Blue Sky, and if you're listening to this in the audio version, you can also follow us on YouTube. Um, on the social media platforms, you'll see what episodes we have coming out every week, the cool art that I make for every episode, and also learn about what our guest is up to and how you can support them. Um, and as far as YouTube goes, uh, check us out there. If you like listening to me, folks, I gotta say, you're gonna like looking at me. Uh, the, we have started releasing every episode of this podcast on YouTube, so check us out there. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, subscribe, uh, like the video if you like the podcast, and enjoy. And if you're listening slash watching on YouTube, check us out in your local podcast feed. Uh, if you prefer, prefer an audio version, that's available to you pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and if you listen to us somewhere that you can leave a rating and review, please do. Let me know if you leave a five-star review. I'd love to shout you out on the podcast because that helps uh, not only uh, my heart grow three sizes because I am sort of Grinch-esque in that nature, but it also helps more people find us. Uh, so feel free to do that. Um, lastly is that uh, if you like the podcast you or just video games in general, you can share the show with a friend, uh, whether they have a tie to this particular game our guest has brought on, or just like I said, games as a whole. And lastly, uh, you can check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, where we have a ton of bonus video game content uh, living there waiting for you. Uh, me and the creators of the shows on our networks uh, do a bunch of bonus content every month. I, if you're at the $10 DJ Toad tier, you get three bonus podcasts a week, and that includes our current games club, which we're going through Resident Evil 2 Remake currently. And I'd never played it before. Folks, I got to say, still scary, still pretty dang good. Uh, so if you want bonus uh, content from us, feel free to check us out there and see what we got going on. But that'll do it for the housekeeping. And I'll finally introduce our guest for today's episode. So please welcome to the microphone, Derek Hackett. Hello. Hi. Uh, thank you for having me. You are so welcome. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Uh, how are you doing today? I know we, we sort of talked before we were recording that you're sitting in a sort of post-Eagles uh, post win glow. Um, have you settled down from the excitement? How is Derek uh, as we sit down to record? Uh, I'm good now. Uh, I had a little trouble <laughs> sleeping, but it, it's, I, I'm fine. Uh, I like, uh, the afterglow of a winning game usually only lasts a couple of hours. But if they win like a championship, you can ride that for a couple of months. So. Yes. You know, you sound like a fan who's got the long term in mind. You've got yeah. your eye on the prize. Of course, you know, a regular season win against the team that, you know, unfortunately beat you in the Super Bowl last year. That's nice. But you know that there's a greater prize at stake. So um, not that I've got to give you a grade as a sports fan, but you're doing great so far, I think. I'm very superstitious, so <laughs> if I allow myself to get too excited, then I feel like I'm jinxing the team, and then yes, so I have to keep myself centered and go, okay, 
that was fine. On to the next one. And it sort of to be very zen-like as a fan. Yes, it is quite uh, a struggle as as a sports fan to, you know, let yourself enjoy something while also temper your attitude, your mood, your expectations. Because I think we've probably all interacted with uh, sports fans that are, as I would say, over the line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's just, yeah, I think all I was trying to say is it's like a tough line to walk, as I'm sure you know. And sounds like you're a fairly measured sports fan from what I can tell. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of like superstitions. Like if, like if I if I don't watch the game, maybe I'm out or I'm on the road yes. or something, and they lose, I sort of feel like it's my fault. Yeah. And, <laughs> but then when it comes to like the Phillies, which I'm sort of semi a fan of, like if I watch the Phillies, I can't watch the Phillies game because um I jinx them. So yeah. <laughs> I have to always just keep update on like the ESPN app. I can't actually watch the Phillies game because they'll lose. That's totally. Interesting. Uh, it's funny that you say that because I I. As much as I've shed some superstition as a sports fan, I, I still know that I have a lot of that. For example, last Friday, uh, I was getting ready uh, to like to go out for the night, and I happen to be a Sacramento Kings fan. And oh, wow. They, so very, very rare <laughs> time to be a, a rare time that it's good to be a Kings fan currently. Mm -hmm. um, but they were playing on. Uh, like I think ESPN against the Spurs, and when I turned the game on, they had a 16-point lead. And I thought, surely this can't go wrong. And <laughs> truly, within minutes of me like sitting down, eating at the table, watching the game, that lead evaporated to two points. And it was just every disaster that could have happened felt like it did. And so, you know, they ended up winning the game. They're on something like a six-game winning streak. But when that... when it, it just felt so on the nose as a superstitious mm -hmm. sports fan. Yep. Yeah, way too much. <laughs> um, anyway, we talked about sports a lot, which which happens sometimes on the podcast. Uh, I know this is a video game show, but like, hey, I'm always down to talk sports with someone, especially if I'm like, ooh, ooh, that's something that can connect us. Um, mm -hmm. But Derek, I know you through uh, the Los Angeles improv community. Uh, you're currently on the Herald team rumors at the UCB theater. Yes. Um, yep. But what do you want to share with the listener about yourself? Uh, what, what? How do you want to fill in your biography today? Oh, wow. Oof. I did put a lot of weight on it just now, I feel like. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Let's turn it back. Um, uh, it's not a – it's a maybe a biography for uh, – well, I won't say dating profile because you're married, right? I am married, yeah. Okay, cool. So maybe it's just like a blurb on your uh, gamer profile. Okay. Um, well, I've been gaming – well, I'm originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, born and raised, uh, but I've been in L.A. now for almost eight years. Nice. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, as far as gaming, I've been gaming for, well, I'm 42, so I've been gaming for like 35 plus years. Yeah, just a few years. Did you, yeah, yeah. can I ask, did you move out to L.A. to pursue like entertainment, improv? I'm curious. No, I actually moved for love. Whoa. Um, yeah, I met my wife during uh, the Del Close Marathon. Oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah, so I met her. Um, we started dating, and when we started dating, she was like, hey, in a couple of months, I'm going to move to L.A. because I want to pursue writing and acting. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, then that's fine. Let's just date, and then when you go, you go. And it, yeah. it won't be the big – but then it's sort of like we fell in love. <laughs> and then after, like, a couple of months, I was like, you know what? I'll – I'll go with you. Yeah. Um, so she moved 
later that year, and then I moved the following year. So she flew back to Philly, and then we drove cross country together. Amazing. Uh, gosh, just you know, you know, in, in a time of year that's getting cold and people are lonely, that is a heartwarming story uh, of love. Especially, it's kind of cool that you were like, yeah, we'll just you know take it one day at a time. It's no big deal. This is going to end, and then that happens. Yeah. My gosh, yeah. uh, that's amazing. So you were were you visiting New York for DCM? Was she also from Philly or somewhere else? No, she's from a lot of places. Um, she's lived in like Australia. She's lived in Canada. She's lived in Arizona, Texas. Wow. Um, but she was living in New York, pursuing like comedy and doing gotcha. improv and stuff. And okay, cool. I was living in Philly, and I was commute. I would commute to take classes at UCB New York. Okay. Wow. Did oh, you yeah. know? Happen to, happen to know David Danella before you moved out here? Yes, I know David Danella through uh, Fit, aka Philly Improv. That's amazing. Did what? Did Corinne Wells also do stuff there? Yes, yeah, I know Corinne as well. Gosh, yeah. that's amazing. Uh, I've known <laughs> David for, uh, gosh, at this point, uh, five years, I think. But I just met Corinne this last year, and we played baseball together. Oh, um, no. But uh, I just know there's like a few like Philadelphia stalwarts, and I guess we can add you to the list. Yep. Uh, yeah, I know uh, a good chunk of Philly people around here. That's yeah, awesome. Dozens of us. Dozens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very. Uh, that's a Tobias quote, right? That's not Buster. I think it's Tobias uh, who's talking about the never nudes or something like that. I think so. Yeah. Um, great arrest development quote. Uh, <laughs> so you. Uh, so that's why you moved here. Um, mm -hmm. What do you want to tell us about yourself now? Obviously, you're uh, you know you're a performer on Harold mm -hmm. Knight on a and on a fantastic team. Is there anything else you want the listener to know? Uh, other than that, uh, I'm also part-time actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've only booked maybe like one or two commercials and I still go out all the time. And yeah. That's pretty much, pretty much it. Hey, we count that, uh, as, as yeah. also a, uh, part-time actor. Uh, I feel like <laughs> you put it really well. Um, well, that's awesome, dude. Uh, thank mm -hmm. you for so much for telling us a bit more about yourself. And it was a sneaky way that I could learn more about you and, now, if I ever meet your wife, I'll be like, well, I know how this all happened. Um, and But that being said, we're here to talk video games. Before we dive into your you know, general history with games, uh, would you do me a favor and uh, call me by your game and tell us what you brought on for the main event later? Uh, so my game is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade game. Not – there's an NES game by that name. Called Teenage Mutant Turtles. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking <laughs> about the actual coin-operated cabinet, the arcade game. This is fantastic. Uh, I'm excited about this for for a lot of reasons. Part of which is the NES version. I do love and have still, and I grew up with it. But I'm really excited to talk about an arcade game uh, specifically because we don't get a lot of that talk here. Okay. So um, pumped to talk to you about that for the main event later. Um, I've actually got some turtles figures that I'll probably have to just bust out after the break. Uh, but, uh, let's hear about your history with games. Do you remember when you first took an interest? Yes. I, so there's a picture my mom has. I wish I could send it to you, but my mom would have to go through a bunch of boxes yeah. <laughs> and find it. But there's an, um, so my mom's first cousin, Deb had a Atari 2600, I think it's called. Okay. And she had Pac-Man and there's a picture of me playing Pac-Man holding the controller. Oh man! And I remember vividly playing that, and I remember it being very hard. And I remember her setting the difficulty to one ghost, 
<laughs> so only one ghost chased you around the maze, and I still was terrible at it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sort of my my earliest memory of video games. Okay, cool. From that point, I mean, obviously you were uh, very young. Was it something that you were feverishly hunting after that? Did you have to have a few more sort of like catalyst moments to kick you off as a gamer? I'm kind of curious. Um, What really kicked it off is when I got my first home console. Okay, cool. A few years later. So I want to say like, I must have been like maybe seven or so mm-hmm. when I got my uh, NES, my home NES. Okay. With, with the light zapper and it had the Mario Brothers slash game. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, just like for kids of, you know, like a whole generation, I feel like that was the starting point for so many. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, like a little younger than you. I just turned 33 last week. And I, but I also, my first console was also an original Nintendo, even though I was born five years after launch. It's just like what my parents had. Okay. So like I fell in love with that and didn't even know that a Super Nintendo existed until I went to a friend's house at like age eight or nine. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It was almost like I was just like, uh, not quite someone who was kept in a bunker uh, but like, I just didn't know it existed. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, that's, that's so cool. Uh, did, was this something that you shared with like siblings? Was it just yours? No, I have a younger brother who's four years younger than me. And then, uh, like all of my friends in my neighborhood also had like okay. Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis and stuff like that. Okay, cool. Did you yeah. start like, uh, seeking out other games? Were you just like playing the ones you had like crazy? Oh my God. Um, so I used to read a lot of gaming magazines growing up. Ooh. Uh, so the bigger ones were like uh, GamePro or Electronic Gaming Monthly. Mm-hmm. So I knew about games all the time. I was always flipping through books and stuff like that in the lunchroom and stuff. Yeah. And then also, like, my friends and I would always, like, trade games and borrow each other's games. So I had, like, a little networking system. So I knew about pretty much my – I had my ear to the ground about games. Yes. Okay, very cool. So, you know, the NES – being uh, your first, uh, you had mentioned Mario. I'm sure with the Zapper, you had Duck Hunt at some point. Mm-hmm. Are there any other NES titles that like you still remember fondly to this day? Oh yeah, um, one of my I played recently, and I still can't beat is uh, Ninja. Is it Gaiden? Gaiden? Oh, Ninja Gaiden. Yes. Yes, the original Ninja Gaiden. Uh, I recently uh, replayed it just to see if I could revisit it, and maybe I'm a little more skilled as a gamer. I could beat yeah. the game. And no, I can get as far as I did back then. <laughs> it's still really hard and really frustrating. Gosh, there are games like that that I also like to think my skills now as a gamer have grown immensely, but I forget that some of those old ones, it was about like memorization and just like throwing your, like beating your head against the wall to get through something. Yep. I, I think uh, also like a Mike Tyson punch out falls into the game. Nice. Like I can still get to Mike Tyson, still can't beat him. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's so good. <laughs> um, so the NES was big for you. Did did was this just like the first of many consoles that you had? Yep. Um okay. so it was NES to SNES to N sixty four to PlayStation, the PlayStation two. Okay, cool. Yeah. So sorry, sorry, sorry. so like the PlayStation, was that your first non Nintendo console? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like it can consi- like Hearing that you were started off with Nintendo and kept going with it, uh, do you remember what it was that got you interested in the PlayStation? 
Ooh, probably like the commercial, probably the yeah. advertising, <laughs> or like I said, I was reading gaming magazines, so I yeah. knew about it before then. And I remember just looking at like skills of like various games, like Twisted Metal, and being like, "Oh my god, look at this!" Like, yes. And I love when you were like blown away by the graphics at the time, and then you yes. read those games, and they look like crap now. Yeah, and I, totally. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still have so much nostalgia for like that early Polygon era. Mm-hmm. Big time. Like it can look like dog shit, but I am still like totally there for it. When, you know, I know this nostalgia doing a lot of heavy lifting for me. Um, mm-hmm. while someone who's maybe younger or didn't grow up with it would be like, What the hell is this? <laughs> Especially when it's like that's not how you remember it. No, yeah, like, of course. It's never how you remember it. Because I remember like revisiting like the original like Final Fantasy Seven and being mm-hmm. like, What? This game looked better in my head. It looked better as a memory than it does now, but it's still a great game. Totally, yeah. It looks like I think that's one thing that is so powerful about like the remake is that it's kind of how I feel like many people did imagine it, or like we're filling yeah. in gaps there, you know, combined with the FMV, the like the then the battle models, and yeah, uh, mm-hmm. really cool stuff. Looking back at those early days of gaming, uh, mm-hmm. can, is are you able to identify like, oh, this is the genre I really liked, or were you playing all sorts of stuff? I was jumping all over the place. Um, so like we, we talked about sports earlier. Yeah. And I realized that I learned a lot of the, the rules of yes. various sports games while playing, you know, Tecmo Bowl or Bases Loaded or Double Dribble. Oh, like yeah. I learned those rules through playing those games. And I learned who those players were if they oh. had played. Yeah. D- and is that like how you became a sports fan or did you already kind of like sports and then just that just amplified it? I kind of knew about sports and mm-hmm. I played it in my neighborhood. But I think video games helped amplify it. And okay, then also, cool. uh, I also collected like trading cards. So I have like a whole thing of like NFL, NBA trading cards as well. So That'll do it. Yeah, the sports uh, fan I ended up. I had a similar uh, experience with like learning sports as well through video games. Uh, for me, it was the Backyard Baseball series on the computer. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like that helped me. And me and my friend, who was like my, my, my best friend growing up, we both refer to that series as crucial for us, like really knowing the rules and knowing them well. He always tells this anecdote about how when he was like a, like a nine-year-old, he, there was he like called an infield fly for an umpire and reminded them of the rule because of backyard baseball. Wow. Yeah, which is just so funny. <laughs> Shout out to you, Eddie, uh, if you're listening. Um, but that's that's really cool. So you, there was all sorts of stuff you were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, from that, uh, not that I'm not going to dig into every generation too mm-hmm. deep, but uh, are there any N64 like highlights for you or titles that really stand out to you still today? Uh, there's two that stand out mostly. Um, one is WWE No Mercy. Oh, if, duh, we talked about this, of course. <laughs> yes. Um, because I was also a wrestling fan. Yes. And yeah, I loved that game. Um, played it all the time. Uh, I would have friends over like Friday night was like, come to my place. We'll get pizza and we'll play No Mercy. Oh man. That's um, good stuff right there. Yeah, and we got, like, I'm talking about we got really into it because we started our own, like, I guess, like, federation where we'd yeah. all create our own individual wrestlers. We booked matches. We had storylines. We had pay-per-views. Like, we did that every Friday. 
dude, that is <laughs> the level of like investment in a game that I adore to hear about. Like, <laughs> where you like something so much that you're making up your own like not just rules but like scenarios for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. did it have like? Did you mean you created your own wrestlers? Like it had to create a player. You had to create. A player, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So like uh, my brother, my two best friends in the neighborhood, yes. over and they had their they had their characters saved on the mind console. And they Huge. No wonder you were like, that was like the first game you thought of to possibly bring on this podcast. That's so good. Do you, mm-hmm. I mean, while we're here and talking about the game, uh, do you mm-hmm. have any like hyper specific memories of like a, a moment or like a night that you all played this or is it more broad? It's more broad because it mm-hmm. happened a lot. So it all kind of <laughs> mushes together. We did it yes. all the time. It was like a given. Like it was yes. Friday and we knew it's time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but- this is a, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, just yeah, just that era where we we just had like pay per views and stuff like that. That was sort of like my favorite. That's what sort of sticks out the most. Like booking so title good. matches and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh man, I love that. Uh, this is such a silly specific that I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. What was the pizza place you used to get pizza from? Oh, um, um, it was called Temple Pizza. Um, okay. So I'm from Philadelphia. I live near uh, I live near uh, Temple University, which is in yeah. the North Philly section. And there was a place called Temple Pizza, like five blocks from my house. Okay, cool. I remember uh, their pizza being adequate. Like, <laughs> our our favorite pizza place in the neighborhood didn't deliver. Yes. So we we uh, settle for. Dang, uh, that's funny. Is is like I'm sorry that I'm diving in so heavy in on pizza. Yeah. Like peek behind the curtain for the listener. It's currently four thirty, and I think I'm starting to get hungry as we record. <laughs> um, but uh, is there like a Philly style of pizza that I should know about, or is it just like generic? It's sort of generic. It's very similar to I say like New York style, but okay, New York cool. style is better. So I think what Philly style does, and hopefully I don't get in trouble. I think it sort of emulates New York style. But okay. Philly doesn't have a, a distinct style for its habitat. There's no such thing as Philadelphia pizza. Okay, cool. So Thank you. Philly, I, yeah. The more you were talking about it, the more I was like, "What? how much more can I learn about pizza? And it's just like my stomach starts asking questions. It yeah. is interviewing you, not my brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's so cool. Um, you, you were going to mention another game on the N64, I think. Oh, so a lot of people played like GoldenEye, which I love. We did play it on GoldenEye. But I also loved uh, Perfect Dark. Yeah. Which was sort of like uh, an unofficial sequel to GoldenEye because mm-hmm. it had the same mechanics, same company, and everything. Yeah. We played a lot of Perfect Dark as well. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah. That's one that I, like, I, for being an N64 kid, only really played those at friends' houses. Okay. Uh, but I have, them, I have them both now, and they're like so weird to go back to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, did you play. Uh, like the GoldenEye like re-release this last year? I did not, no. It's strange. I think it's a part <laughs> of N64 Online. I don't know if you have the expansion pack. Um, but mm-hmm. like me and some friends one night, a part, like our little video game podcast crew got together and that was one of the games we played and we were all like, this is interesting, but like none of us really wanted to keep playing it. It doesn't hit the same anymore, no. No, well, which mm-hmm. is interesting because I also just like threw together a little Halo One land party the other day. Oh, uh, okay. Was doing doing a little birthday celebration and like we had four on four Halo like two Xbox 360s hooked up by a cable. Uh, and I'll say, I and it's probably because I played that game a lot more. That felt like it held up 
pretty dang well as an experience. Okay. Like not flawless, not perfect, but picking it up was like riding a bike again. Now that I'm mm-hmm. saying it, I'm like, it's because I didn't play GoldenEye and Perfect Dark that much. Yeah. It's um, one of those games I feel like is you revisit it and it's exactly how you remember it. You're like, okay, there's no like, yes. oh, this game looks terrible. No, it's like, no, this is exactly how I remember it. Yeah. That's how it felt at least. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's that's really cool. Um, so, you know, moving, you know, f- uh, forward in your gaming history, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I know you mentioned that you uh, d- you got like some PlayStation consoles. Did you stay like a dual console person for a while or was it was it just like, did you make a transition to PlayStation? No, it was I, I think I made it a transition to PlayStation. I never owned a Wii and I've never owned a GameCube. OK, gotcha. So I, yeah, I, I made the jump to PlayStation which then made the jump to Xbox 360. Oh, I feel like that is somewhat of a common like trajectory is like Nintendo. Then you get a PlayStation while you have an N64. Everyone went mm-hmm. PS2 and 360 and the sales. I mean, the PS3 ended up doing really well, but the sales mm-hmm. sort of reflected that at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, any Anything you want to highlight on either the PS2 or the 360 generation? So 360, um, I have, so I have a group of friends who I've been playing online with. I've never met them. I've been playing online with them for now 15 years. Whoa. Yeah. And um, we met on Gears of War, the original Gears of War. Wow. Um, So we played Gears of War 1, 2, 3, Judgment, 4, 5, and currently we're playing the current uh modern warfare 3 is what we're playing okay dude that's amazing i mean i think it's very easy to think about uh, online gaming and like the obvious toxicity so much but there's so many stories like this i've heard of other friends who've like built friendships through it as well and i'm like oh there is like such a nice side to it as well Mm -hmm. um i'm sure you know mikey stevens uh mikey has like friends like that as well that he built, oh. I think he's got several online groups that he plays with, but one of them I want to say is like, they've never met, but they've yeah. been playing together online forever. Yeah, we're like friends on socials and stuff, like Facebook or whatever, but yeah, yeah I've never met him in person. That's uh, so cool. Uh, you said you're you're playing like Modern Warfare 3 with, mm-hmm. with that group as well now. Um, that's really cool. Have you, you know, so you as someone who has been gaming for nearly your whole life, uh, I like to ask people like like ourselves this question, which is, have you ever had like, uh, what's the biggest lull you've ever had when it comes to gaming? Lull, ooh, wow. I also refer to it as the as the dark period for, for yeah the, uh, old listeners out there. Oof, I'm gonna say around when I did. You know what I didn't mention is I owned a Dreamcast. Okay, cool. Um, so I think my lull was around there. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when that started to die down. And then I eventually made the jump to 360. So that lull between maybe Dreamcast and 360 was sort of my lull game. Yes, that time right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that Dreamcast just uh, didn't really get a lot of support from uh, from Sega back then. Which sucks. They had a lot of great games that I'll play to this day. Like, I love, like, I think the game I put the most hours in is Power Stone. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I love Power Stone, and it's one of those games that's exactly how I remember it, and I mm-hmm. go back and still play it. But I don't have it here. My, it's actually in my mom's basement. Yeah. I need to get it next time I go. Dang. Uh, that's a game that I have, like, played on 
honest Dreamcast like in this room when a friend has brought it over. Like, <laughs> and that game's awesome. Like, way easier for me to pick up than like Marvel versus Capcom two. I feel like mm-hmm. real fighting game people play that. Yeah, it's one of those games that's like easy to learn, but like not even hard to master. It's easy to learn and easy to master. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, so looking back for you, I've just got a couple more questions about your history with games. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when looking back, is there like one con? Like, do you, could you determine your favorite console if you had to? Of all time, wow. Probably. Let's say the three sixty. Okay. Xbox 360. Yeah. Yeah, because that was sort of my introduction to online gaming. Awesome. I you already had mentioned uh, Gears of War. What other mm-hmm. games uh, hit for you at that time? Oh, uh, another big one was Halo Three. Yeah. Um, I don't think of any single player games that really stand out. Well, it was a lot of online games, a lot okay. of online shooters that I played. Okay. Very cool. Um mm-hmm. and. And sort of lastly for you, uh, before we head into the break, uh, is there a game uh, – well, actually, sorry. I have a couple questions. False alarm. Uh, yeah. uh, which is, is there a game that you are playing uh, right now uh, that you're really enjoying or that you're, like, looking forward to that hasn't come out yet? Oh, that hasn't come out yet. Wow. Okay, well, a game I was currently playing that I just finished and uh, 100% it was uh, Spider-Man 2. yes. Uh, so yeah, I just finished that. That's awesome. Um, I think that's how like you or one of us asked each other. I think you asked me at Herald Night about it, and I was like, anytime. And this is like I've talked about this before, but anytime someone that like even if I don't know you really well that I enjoy brings up video games in my head, I'm so, as a podcast host, I'm like, hmm, gotta have them on. And so <laughs> I like pocketed that in my head uh, because you had mentioned it to me. But um, did you end up enjoying that game? I'm like. 50% through at this point. Oh, I'm not going to spoil anything. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Storyline, gameplay. Um, I, I love the the fighting system, which is very similar to like an Arkham sort mm-hmm. of fighting system. And I, I can, even though I've done everything, I can still just swing around the city and just pick fights. I've been there for hours. I love it. Yes. Yeah. The traversal is so good. I was, uh, I hosted a, a podcast episode with some other people from UCB uh, like a f- when it came out and something I was really uh, impressed with slash surprised by was I didn't think I was going to like the like a, the wings that you get mm-hmm. as Spider-Man and I actually grew to love using those things. What did you think? Uh, I think they were great. Um, yeah. Which is it's it's weird because you the so I played the first Spider-Man to prepare for the second one. Oh, cool. And the swinging is so much fun and I kind of was thinking, well, how can this get any better? And then yeah. I guess with them expanding and having, you know, the other burrows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adding the wings to it just fits so perfectly and it just makes a lot of sense. And uh, it's just fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. with you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, was there one that you were going to mention that you're looking forward to? Or did Spider-Man sort of take up your recent gaming? I don't, I'm trying to even think what's coming out. Uh, what's on my radar? What's on my wish list? I have been an overwhelming year too with so many just huge releases yeah i'm excited for the new warzone map when that comes out in december gotcha uh but other than that i can't think of what oh i got one i do have one um tekken 8 what game oh tekken 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 8 which i think comes out in january okay exciting yeah Yeah. have you been a tekken player like for a while 
So uh, I have a Tekken story. Oh. Um, so I used to go to these uh, comic book conventions in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, I think it was called like Wizard World Philadelphia or something like that. And this one time they were having Tekken tournaments. Mm. And if you won the tournament, you got like a uh, GameStop gift card. They had a tournament on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So the entire weekend there was multiple tournaments. And I played them. And I won Friday. I came in like second on Saturday and like third on Sunday. Dang. So I was like, okay, I, I think I have what it takes to be like, I don't know, a professional gamer. So I was that friend who always beats all his friends at fighting games. So yes. I'm, yeah. So I have like a big ego when it came to fighting games. <laughs> so I met a guy there and he was like, hey, they're having like a tournament here in Philly in like a month from now. You should go. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. So I gave, he gave me his number. I came back down to the convention center for like this huge gaming tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like various games. It was like, you know, Smash Brothers and Street Fighter. It was all these games. And I went there. I got my ass kicked <laughs> so bad. Like, I didn't, win, I didn't win a single round when I was oh, there. Oh, no. Just destroyed. Uh, it was fun. It was a nice experience. It humbled me, but. Yeah. got completely destroyed by people who put hours into these games and yes. learn like the different frames and all that stuff and all that. So. Gosh, uh, it really just, you know, when stuff like that happens in competitive gaming communities, you're like, oh, there are tears to this mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's that's such a great story. That's so funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, lastly, um, is there a game – uh, from your history of gaming that you haven't mentioned yet that you're like, oh, I cannot finish this segment without bringing up this game. Oh, my God. I mentioned years. I mentioned... Let me see. Uh, you know, I'll throw in some Zeldas. Uh, okay. I of Zelda. Speaking my language. Um, yeah. Um, but I sort of jumped around, so I missed a lot of the, the Game Boy ones. But I... I so... I love the original one, which I loved. Me too. Yeah. Love the original. Did not like the second one. Yeah. Nintendo. Hated it. Um, but then I loved the one on Super Nintendo, which I beat. I love that. And then the next big one for me was Ocarina of Time. Oh, yeah. Which is a classic. Back uh, to the but, N64. <laughs> yeah. And, but, uh, and then I never got into... I tried to play Majora's Mask. And I think I got like maybe half... I want to say halfway through. It was something about the... The time loop mechanic? Uh, the time loop mechanic. Yeah. I hated mm-hmm. it. And I yeah. was like, I can't do this. I don't want to do it. And I just dropped off. Yeah. And then, I think that happened to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then um, I guess the next big Zelda was uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. you had mentioned you didn't have a GameCube or a, or a Wii, so it makes sense you would miss, I think, two, three uh, mainline Zeldas on those. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, if they ever come to Switch, uh, which I Skyward Sword has, but that one also has its issues. I love it because it's my favorite series. Uh, <laughs> but I can acknowledge the the issues with each game. Uh, but I'm still hoping, holding out hope for like a Wind Waker or a Twilight Princess port to Switch for like people like you who could play them mm-hmm. for the first time. I would love that. Yeah. Uh, you listening, Nintendo? I know you are. Um, <laughs> well. Derek, thank you so much for chatting with me about your history with games. I feel like we probably could have been doing this for hours and hours because there's so much to discuss. Um, We're going to go ahead and take a quick break for the podcast. And then when we come back, we'll talk about all things TMNT, the arcade game. So 
I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. It is, of course, I, your host, Connor McCabe, still here with Derek Hackett. Derek, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you are so gosh darn welcome. Let's get into it. We're here to discuss Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Um, And like I told you before the show, I'm going to do a little table setting to get us into this. Just uh, reading some very basic facts about the game, but jump in anytime if you'd like. Cool, cool. So, without further ado, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Released in Japan as TMNT Super Kame Ninja, and in Europe as Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, is a 1989 beat-em-up arcade game released by Konami. It's based, obviously, on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise, including the first animated series that had begun airing two years prior. In the game... Up to four players control the titular Ninja Turtles, fighting through various levels to defeat the Turtles' enemies, including the Shredder, Krang, and the Foot Clan. Uh, Released during a high point in popularity for the franchise, the arcade game was a worldwide hit, becoming the highest-grossing dedicated arcade game of 1990 in the United States and Konami's highest-grossing arcade game at the time. uh, Versions for various home systems soon followed, which we referenced earlier in the podcast, including the NES, uh, which uh, was just titled, I think, also TMNT, the arcade game, and a sequel, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, colon, Turtles in Time, was released in 1991, and they also had TMNT, The Manhattan Project, a game in the same style. Um, I mentioned that you're playing as the Ninja Turtles. Of course, that is uh, Leonardo, Donatello, Ra- uh, Raphael and Michelangelo. Um, just in case, you know, none of those other secret turtles snuck in. Those new ones that we know. Um, Derek, uh, for you, is there any important, or are there any important bullet points that we should include about this game before hearing about your time? Oh, bullet points like information about the game? Yeah, or do, or do you feel satisfied there? No, I, I think you covered it pretty well. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I just wanted to make sure. So mm-hmm. let's get into it. How did you come to play this game for the first time? Do you remember? I think so. Um, So there's a mall uh, right outside of Philadelphia called the Sheltonham Mall in Sheltonham, Pennsylvania. Uh, It's like right outside of Philly. Like if you exit the mall and cross the street, you're in Philadelphia. (laughs) You cross back, you're in Sheltonham, Pennsylvania. Um, So this mall, which I used to go to all the time, um, I remember it smelling like mrs fields cookies all the time oh my goodness yeah there used to be like a mrs fields stand like directly in the middle of the mall i remember very vividly and i remember they would have these giant cookies on display that you could buy and you could get them like personalized like happy birthday or congratulations (laughs) and i remember always walking by going oh i'm gonna when my birthday rolls around i'm gonna get one of those yeah never never doing it And that, I'm so mm-hmm. glad that you were like, and it's you were talking about the mall, and you're like, and it smelled like, and I fully expected it to be something horrible, but I'm so <laughs> glad it was just like the smell of chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the mall had a uh, had a bunch of stores that are now gone that no one remembers. It had mm. a Gimbal's, it had a Wanamaker's, and it had a Clover. Three stores I don't think anyone remembers. Wow. Um, and it had a movie theater attached to it. And I remember vividly 
like if you so the, the movie theater is like at the end of a corridor and the arcade was like to the left of the movie theater. Okay, yeah. And you couldn't see the arcade as you were walking towards it, but you could hear it. <laughs> and I remember like you would walk in and I remember it being very dimly lit. Yeah. Like it was lit by the lights from the mall outside and it was lit by all the screens inside. Yes. Very loud. Wow. What a and setting I... you've like already <laughs> painted for us. <laughs> And I think usually a lot of times the sort of so the arcade was like in a horseshoe shape. Mm-hmm. So there were games against along the walls, and then there were machines in the middle that were like back to back. So you could kind of loop in and walk around okay. to all the games. And usually the big four player game, like an X Men or whatever, was sitting in the front. Like that's what the first thing you would see as you walk in. Yeah, kind of like so one that, of the main events. Exactly. So that was sort of my I think my introduction to that game. Okay. That's awesome. Had you been like going to arcades before? Was this like the only one you ever went to? That's I I don't know if I've gone to other ones. I think at that age and that time, that was the only one I went to. Okay. And, which was fine because as I remember, that was like the best one yes. in the area. Okay. Um, but I remember going in and there was like a lot of classic games. Like I remember seeing games like uh Rampage was there. Oh man. Uh Pole Position. Pit Fighter, Street Fighter Two. Uh, wow. The first time I ever saw Mortal Kombat was in this arcade. Dang. Um, and I remember seeing Mortal Kombat and being like, "What's this?" And then seeing like, <laughs> I remember the two guys playing were really good. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I don't know how they knew because you know, there was no internet, so I don't know how anyone knew any of the characters' moves because it wasn't on the actual cabinet in any way. Yeah. But I remember them being really good, and I remember one guy did a fatality on the other one, and me just being like. and you were just like a perfect uh like example of how the popularity of that game spread just like Mm -hmm. seeing something you'd never thought you see is so hyper violent and every kid's Mm -hmm. like i kind of want to play that yeah yeah that's amazing i bet those i mean i could guess that those guys spent a lot of time in there which is why they like just knew it so well Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm um That's so cool. Um, yeah, I grew up. This is a this is a tangent, but arcades were around. But like, I was still just like I've 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 been talking about how young I am. All podcast. Uh, when you turn, uh, you know, thirty three, you, you, you hit your Jesus year. That's all you think about. It turns out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kidding. But uh, I just wasn't the age where people were arcades were like in their heat of their popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that was definitely more of the 80s and early 90s, but I still got like arcade experiences, but mine more were were at like a Chuck E. Cheese or something like that. Or like a Did you guys have Chuck E. Cheese back there? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to birthday parties growing up. Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Chuck E. made his, himself known pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, okay, great. So when it comes to the game and when you f- mm-hmm. finally got to play – TMNT. Uh, what do you remember about it? What still sticks out to you to this day? Okay, so when we used to go to the arcade, um, I used to go with my uncle, and my mom would give him the money to give to us. Okay. So I remember that feeling of getting like a $5 bill, putting it in the change machine, and then like all of those quarters coming yes. out. Yes. And being like, holy crap, I'm going to be here all day. I can There's do no anything. Way these, yeah, these aren't going to run out. Um <laughs> So I remember just getting a whole quarter and this whole handful of quarters, putting them in my pocket, having it bulge out of my pocket, and me and my brother being like, we're going to sit here and play every level of the game. Dang. Um, 
Were you already familiar with the Turtles at that point? Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like when you when I was a kid growing up, I felt like you had like the one cartoon you were big into. Yeah. And then maybe you had like a secondary and a third cartoon that you were kind of into. So my big one when growing up was Ninja Turtles. Like I, wow. I, I think it came out in like 89. So I was like eight or something at the time. Yeah. So I was like a perfect age. And I remember blowing my mind. And then I was also into like Ninja Turtles. And I was also into like Transformers. So, so that was like my three things. Yes. Because I felt like the only time I got toys growing up were like birthdays and Christmas. So yeah. you had to choose wisely. You had to fill. If you had like three different fandoms, you had to like find ways to fill each cup when a, a holiday or your birthday rolled around. So you can get like, like a new toy for this. And maybe I'll get a new Transformer over here. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally resonate with that. Like, <laughs> of course, it is great and wonderful to get one action figure to play and play with them. But if you've got the four turtles, mm -hmm. you you don't have to do any. You're already doing a lot of imagining as a kid and like playing with action figures. And the mm -hmm. less you have to do, like the more you really buy into it, sort of. If mm -hmm. that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, uh, th that's amazing. So go ahead. Sorry. I know. So, yeah, I had, like, Ninja Turtle-themed birthday parties. I had all the figures. Uh, at that mall, I saw the first live-action movie, which I thought was great. Oh, dude, no way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you were a turtle's head. Oh, yeah. Okay, Definitely. cool. So, yeah, this yeah. wasn't like, oh, this was, like, my gateway to turtles. You were already there, and this was just, like, and I get to play a sick video game as them? Mm -hmm. yeah oh my gosh okay so was, was your brother also into the turtles as well did you say that yes yeah well really this is a possibly like a the most important question i've ever asked you who's your favorite ninja turtle and has that changed since you were a kid it has not changed okay um and about to learn everything we need to know about you <laughs> in my entire life it has been leonardo whoa you know what i hold on one second <laughs> this is I'm all, I'm doing this well because I told told you I was gonna do this, but um I never it's not often you meet another a fellow Leonardo head because I feel like at the time maybe he was a lot more popular because he was the you know he was the leader of mm -hmm. all of them uh but he I feel like growing up and getting older people soured on Leonardo in a way of like oh he's boring he's the goody two shoes he's this this and that and mm -hmm. uh. So I think a lot of, you know, former Leonardo heads are now like Michelangelo's or Donatello's or even Raphael's. But my friend, I'm also another a fellow Leonardo guy. And so here's my for the this is this is really going to incentivize people to go to the YouTube. This is my original Leonardo Holy, uh, figure. That's the original from I don't know when they when this one was made, but this was I've had this since I was like a kid. Okay, um, I had those when I was in elementary school, so I do remember. Yes. Yes, wow. dude, I I still have. I don't have a lot of my like all of my toys from growing up, mm -hmm. but um, I do have all four of my original uh, turtles figures, like literally w back here with me. Yeah, they're proudly displayed. Um, and uh, so that was really a, a really big tangent or a sort of a forced way for me to be like, hey, I'm also a Leo head, and I've come to terms with it in recent years. <laughs> I think I fell off, so. Uh, but I've, I've been like, wait a second, I am Leonardo, like, and I shouldn't shy away from that. Sure. I'm not as interesting as everybody else. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not as edgy as Raph. I'm not as, uh, smart as Donnie. I might be as funny as Mikey. I, I don't know. That, that's up for debate. <laughs> um, 
but I've come to terms with it. So that's so cool to hear that you're such a that you're a Leo mm-hmm. guy. I'm blown away by the fact that your original figure still has its weapons and doesn't the belt come off? I like I the lost belt does all come of that. off. Yeah, yes. I lost all of that. I think immediately. I like <laughs> really somehow like I didn't take this good a care of all my stuff, but like I really cared about these things. So mm-hmm. they just stood the test of time. I I actually um when I was home a couple years ago for Christmas, um, my you know my parents have gotten rid of a lot of almost everything that I've had, um, but they still have a crate of all of my turtles toys. Wow! Because I was a turtles kid, and my friend, we should talk about this off pod sometime, or I should just like take pictures when I'm home and send them to you. But like they're just all the variations that I forgot about. I was just going to ask you, do you have any variants? Because I had like. I don't know if you remember TD Tossing Leo. It was like a Leonardo in a football uniform. That's so awesome. And he awesome. had like a spring <laughs> on. You could put a football in his hand and you pull his arm back and he could throw the football. That's so funny. I don't think I had that one, but that's incredible. I remember like just some weird ones. Like uh, my memory is sort of escaping me right now, but there was one where they sort of turned into more monster versions of themselves. Mm, okay. There's something like that I remember. I also had these Um, in, in there was – I used to have the, like the old. Do you remember the stretchy Ninja Turtles that they created? They had no. these like. It must have been like new when I was like a kid, but they had these like arms filled with goop that you could like stretch their arms and legs around, and those things didn't like they they explode at this point. So like, okay. <laughs> in one of the in in that case is like an old one of those turtles and like goop is like just out of the arm. It's oh, gross. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, talked about myself for far too long. Um, mm-hmm. Just to ask you if you're a Leo head or what, like what your favorite was. Do you mm-hmm. remember your brother's favorite? Uh, Donatello. Cool. So we got a Leo and a Donnie. Very cool. Yeah. So what happened was um, it was my brother and I, and we had two cousins who lived in South Jersey, which is like a 20, 20 okay. minute drive from where we live. So all four of us, you had to like choose your turtle. There was yes. no overlap. So people oh, for sure. Donnie, so that's how. <laughs> I think my brother got stuck with Donatello, but I, yes. I think I remember actively choosing Leo. Okay. That's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. So would you two, and uh, forgive me if you've mentioned this, would mm-hmm. you and your brother both go and play this together? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. The, that uh, one and like the home version. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh I've sort of bounced around as I, I, I half asked this question earlier, but what do you remember about the game itself? Ooh. Um, I vividly remember the first level, which was on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember um, it was like foot soldiers everywhere. I remember you could hit like a fire hydrant and knock over foot soldiers. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think you fought Bebop on the first level. Yeah. Pop out of a sewer. And you would fight him, and he had like this gun that shot like these like circle waves at you, mm-hmm. and like you could accidentally fall into the sewer manhole and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, um, I remember certain parts of the first level being like split level, mm-hmm. where they, like you could jump to like a higher level and fight up there while other people are fighting below. Wow. Um, so yeah, I remember, I remember the game pretty vividly. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you remember at all? Like as a kid, was it just like oh, okay, I'm playing this because it's turtles, or do you guys do you remember? I guess a better question is, would you come back for that game uh, often? Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of the beat-em-up genre. Okay, yeah. Um, so I love um, all the arcade ones, like The Simpsons, The X-Men. But then I love 
home games like uh, Streets of Rage. Oh. Uh, I love like the Final Fight series and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. Some of the best games. like co-op gaming experiences, I feel like, uh, mm-hmm. is playing be- the beat 'em up genre, a genre that I'm not that well versed in, but can get down for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's great. Um, is this a game that like you've revisited throughout your years or like gone back to at all? They re-released it, I think, very briefly on the Xbox 360. Yes, they did. Yeah, and then I think they took it down. Mm-hmm. I think it was a licensing issue, which licensing. happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, I think that happened with... I think they also re-released the Simpsons game as well. And I had it on my 360, and then my uh, my um, hard drive failed or something like that. The, br- the Red Ring of Death? No, it wasn't the Red Ring of Death. Uh, something happened to my hard drive. Oh, no! So I couldn't re-download it. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, I but I did experience Red Ring of Death a record two times. Did you say three? Thirteen. Thirteen? <laughs> Thirteen Red Rings of Death, yeah. Have you checked out at all if you're cursed or not? Because that's crazy. Yeah. So what happened was is I had I got it from Circuit City, if you remember mm-hmm. Circuit City, and yeah. I had the protection player. So each time the red ring happened, I just went and got another one. Okay. And that happened thirteen times. I I'm so glad that you had that plan. I never do that stuff for like electronics, but now it makes me want to. Yeah. And I got smart because what happened was uh, the first couple of times I sent my hard drives, I would lose a lot of my games and stuff that were on the hard drive. Yes. When I got a new one. So I just bought an individual hard drive for the 360 and I just kept that. And then each time I sent it back, I would just send back, I would keep my original hard drive and just keep sending back the other one. Huge. Um, Dang, but so yeah, so you've revisited this uh, at, at least back then. Mm-hmm. Um, they had. I know that uh, I was looking. Let me go ahead and uh, I'm gonna click my link here. Um, I think I want to say One Up, uh, which is a company released uh, a, a version of this. Let's see. Uh, mm-hmm. y- yes. Oh yeah, one uh, arcade One Up. Sorry. Yeah. Was released in 2019 as a replica arcade cabinet for home by yeah arcade one up mm-hmm. um there's a few changes to it i guess um but it is nearly identical to the original um and uh the, it, oh also like i don't know if you've played this did you play the uh tmnt cowabunga collection at all i did yes i played it on uh i think i had i got it on game pass or something okay cool yeah, yeah. i i got mm-hmm. it on switch last year and several times with different people like like me and my sister's husband played through uh like all of uh turtles in time together and you can Mm. keep adding like lives to yourself i've gone and played the original arcade um uh it would be fun to get together and like with a group and play this as well sometime yeah oh gosh (laughs) Uh, did you happen to play the um uh, shredder's revenge that came out last year as well yes that was pretty good it didn't it didn't hit the same, um, yeah. but I enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was really fun and a great game. Like I said, okay. I love beat 'em up, so I thought yeah, it was really great. Do you, did you get to play that by yourself, or was it? Did you play with anybody else? Uh, unfortunately, I played by myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard. Like other than my friends who I play online with, it's hard to reconnect with because like we're all adults, and then like yes. a lot of my uh, like my family and a lot of my friends who I grew up with are all on the East Coast. We're on like slightly different times, and it's just hard to sync up. Yeah, whether it be a time difference or just like availability, that is very difficult. Uh, yep. 
I was very, very lucky when Shredder's Revenge came out. I played it on Game Pass, and in in two like three hour sessions, a group of friends got together on Zoom and we did six player Shredder's Revenge, and it was like one of my best gaming memories all year. Nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, not to make you jealous, but uh, we'll, we'll make up for it sometime. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like the context of your life, you've already you've you've done a really wonderful job in not just painting the picture of where you did this and played this uh, game at the at the arcade next to the theater, but mm-hmm. talked about a little the context of your life. Do you have any other memories, whether broad or specific, about playing this game um, that yeah. like come to mind? So. Um, like I said, I grew up in Philadelphia, um, but my grandparents lived in Virginia. Mm. And so we spent a lot of our summers at their house mm. and we would drive there. So what we would do is we would leave, I want to say at like 4.30 a.m. Oh, man. And it was, yeah, so my mom would wake us all up. We'd get in the car and it was like a six hour drive. <laughs> um, and at one point there was a rest stop on 95 mm. called like Chesapeake Bay something rest stop. And they had like a corner. It was like it wasn't even like an arcade. It was like an arcade corner, like an arcade nook. Yeah. And there was maybe like two arcade machines and like a crane game. And I remember going in there, and like, while well, my mom said, like, "What do you want to eat? What do you want to get food?" And that's my brother and I just like, "Can we have quarters?" And we would go to that little nook, and they had girls there. Oh my gosh, that must have been such a sight for sore eyes. Like, as a kid. Like any, I feel like an hour drive to me felt like an eternity, let alone a six-hour drive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's like did you? It it really reminds me of like cartoons when they see an oasis and it's just a mirage, like mm-hmm. <laughs> except it's real. <laughs> um, that is that's uh so so cool. Um, yes, and was, we would ride. Go okay, ahead, but, please. No, I said we would then ride that wave in the car for like hours. It's like oh yeah. my gosh, especially when I think. There, especially when times where you get there and someone's already playing mm-hmm. and maybe they're like on a certain level or something like that. Yeah. Especially if they're like on the skateboard level or something. Yeah. Oh, that's the best to jump in. And you're like, can I hop in? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that absolutely rules. Um, mm-hmm. uh, was there like, first of all, fantastic memory. Um, is there any like any other specific memory or sorry, memories broad or specific that you want to share? Did you give you kind of listed them all? Um, I do remember when the the home edition came out. Yes, and being like it's it's satisfactory. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's not as good, and I don't think I'd ever revisit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember coming out, and that sort of did scratch that itch of that game. And um, yeah, I remember getting that for home and playing that a lot, especially when there was like a code you would put in, and you would get like nine lives. Oh, and wow. That would, that would be enough to carry you through the whole game. Dang, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. – um, I've definitely played the arcade version, you know, like in person before on mm-hmm. on, a, on a machine, on a cabinet. And mm-hmm. um, But the my primary experience was, like I was mentioning, with the home version. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a retro store – uh, like in this little shopping center really close to my house growing up and mm-hmm. uh, we would go there and as a, as a kid like – that was the only – what they had there was all I knew existed, which is part of the reason why I never got a Super Nintendo. <laughs> um, I But this – because I loved the Ninja Turtles as a kid, um, I saw – I think I must have seen the cartridge because the art is like the – is the cartoon art um, yeah, for is. that it's first in, one. 
It's something like busting through a wall on skateboards or something like I that. I think so. Yeah. So like <laughs> immediately like familiar. Whereas like the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game for the NES, as you probably know, is like recycled comic book art where they all have red bandanas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. badass. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it's just not the cartoon turtles that I think I was ready to recognize. So um, mm-hmm. anyway, I also I have a particular font spot. Uh, font spot? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, my brain yeah. told me that I said something wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a, a fond spot for that game in particular. Um, mm-hmm. Derek, I feel like I've gotten to hear just so much great stuff for you, both about like, you know, your turtle fandom, the game, but also your memories as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything you didn't get to share today about this game or like that time in your life? Um, no, I think that, I think that covers a lot of it. Okay, cool. Well, then, um, go ahead. Sorry. Well, one thing I didn't share, if you don't mind. Hey, by all means. I haven't shared a lot of my experience as a gamer today as also being a dad. Oh, my gosh. No, please. Yeah. Um, because what happens now is, um, like, I have a Xbox Series X. I have a PS5. I have a gaming PC. And I have a Switch. Yeah. But now, as a father, I have almost no time yes. to play as much <laughs> as I used to. Um, and that's hard. Um, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, I, so one time I was, uh, in the living room with my daughter, she's playing with her toys or something like that. And my wife is out and about. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to play something. She's fine. You know, I, I, I need to play something. Totally. And so I put on Tekken and I was like, I'm just going to go into practice and I'm going to relearn some combos. Uh huh. Figure out how I'm going to main. And my daughter started watching this thing. Oh. So she's looking and she's watching the fighting. She gets up, turns around, walks towards me and punches me. <laughs> and I went, oh, crap. You're like, uh-oh, what does this mean? How am yeah. I going to handle this? Yeah. And I immediately turned it off. I was like, okay, <laughs> nope, can't do this. <laughs> okay, turning on more Super Mario. Yeah, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on Coco Melon or Bluey or whatever, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's that's so funny. Did you have to talk about that at all? Were you like, you like it just never brought it up? I never really brought it up, and she hasn't yeah. done anything like that since. But yeah, yeah. I, realizing because she's very, uh, she's like a parrot at this age. Yeah. So a lot of the things you say, a lot of the things you do, she'll repeat or try yes. to do or mimic. Um, and How I have to. She? She's she just turned three like last week. Oh, cool! C- congrats to her. Yeah, and um. One thing I have to watch out for, I forgot what game I was playing. She was in the room, and it was fine. I think I was maybe playing Rocket League or something. Mm-hmm. And I think I said, damn it. I was like, damn it. And then I hear a little voice a second later, damn it. And I went, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and that's when the parrot really comes to bite you. Yeah. I was like, okay. I got that. So I've been like sort of grumbling or like censoring myself or making up fake cuss words. While yes. Here. Yeah. It just sound softer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Dang, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure, like, you could probably do a whole uh, whole episode on just, like, gaming as a parent yeah, uh, in yeah. so many aspects of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's cool, though. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm excited for the day where, because my brother also has a daughter, and she's mm-hmm. a year older than my daughter. Okay. And right now, they play Mario Party a lot. Oh. So when I can share those, I think we'll start with Mario games, which are very, you know. Yeah, great entry everyone. level. Yeah, and I, I so I can't wait for those days to start sharing that. That's really wonderful. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm excited for you to get there too. That's cool. Yeah, and I don't think she'll 
rebel against that. You know, sometimes kids go against what their parents want, but I don't see her being like, screw you, dad, I'm going to read books or whatever. So. Totally. Yeah. If there, if that interest is there for her, like already, or like if she enjoys it, then yeah, I don't think yeah. you have to worry. It's probably more of when a parent's like, you're going to like this thing that I like. And, and the kid's like, this is, why is this weird? I don't like this. Yeah. And I um, try my best not to like enforce anything on her. Like anytime she shows her own organic interest into something, like if she picks up a ball, I'm like, okay, I'll get you more balls. Or if she picks up a paintbrush, I'll get you paper and an easel or something like that. It's just, yeah. I'm trying to find ways as a parent to like help her figure herself out without trying to like force my fandom onto her. Cause sometimes you see little kids walking around as stormtroopers and you're like, that's your parents. Yes. Fandom. Yeah. That's not <laughs> you. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for sharing a little bit about, you know, gaming as a parent. Um, yeah. Before we, you know, wrap up and uh, go through the post-show segments that I have for you, mm-hmm. would you do me a favor and just yeah. wrap up the place that the TMNT, the arcade, ga- arcade game, uh, holds for your life? Oh, my God. Um, it, in my heart, it holds, like, youth. Um, yeah, so, and it takes me to places that don't really uh, exist anymore. Like, yeah. arcades aren't what they used to be. Uh, I love Dave and Buster's, but Dave and Buster's isn't the same as like the <laughs> old school coin operated. Uh, it also makes me think of like road trips, going to my grandparents' house who are, you know, they're no longer with us anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't have those, can't do that anymore. Revisit those six hour road trips, which in a way I kind of miss, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it just makes me, those that game makes me think of like yesteryear. It's like uh, an era of this is long gone. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for bringing it on. You know, not, I mean, yeah. I, I'm always happy to talk about whatever people want to discuss on the show, but like, I mm-hmm. have a connection to it too. So, like, that was fun. Thanks for letting me nerd out about the turtles with you for a bit as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, before we go, like I said, I've got some uh, segments prepared for you to close okay. us out. The first of which is the Fact Me by Your Game segment, where I'm just going to share some fun facts with you about this game that I found. Okay. Uh, these both come from a great uh, – one of my favorite YouTube channels out there is called Did You Know Gaming. And oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You've heard of this? So they yeah. like have all sorts of videos about like specific games, about series. And so also, I should send this to you, but it's uh, – this was a video they did a few years ago just about Turtles games in general. Um, okay. They'd spent a little time on this game, so that's where these facts come from today. Uh, the first of which I have titled – Cowabunga Konami kickoff. Uh, I guess don't abbreviate that now that I'm uh, now that I'm looking at that. Whoops. Uh, I thought the alliteration was cool, and I I'm literally just putting this together now. <laughs> anyway, uh, the TMNT arcade game uh, we had heard about in in the um, uh, table setting earlier how successful it was, and it was Konami's most successful arcade cabinet today, and the like most popular one period. Um, but it was such a hit that it actually helped Konami finance several other licensed arcade titles, such as the infamous Simpsons arcade game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if this Turtles game didn't have the su- success it had, may may have not gotten the Simpsons one. Wow, this is a classic. Yeah, I love that game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The second uh, fun fact I have for us is called Fire's Spread. So, uh, the TMNT arcade game took obvious heavy influence from the cartoon series uh in fact the level featuring april o'neill's apartment being on fire is a direct reference uh to issue 10 of the comics and you brought up the uh original movie earlier that's there's a scene like that featured in the movie so one of those 
uh, things they just recycled a few times. Yeah, yeah, that fight scene. I love that fight scene. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty sick. So like, it's just cool to see when they um, basically that one moment that's like in the comics spread to the game, the movie, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for the fact me by your game segment, and I'll lead us into the final one of the episode. Of course, the game recommendations. Now, Derek, this. Uh, segment in the podcast is my one forced tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name where I'm going to treat TMNT, the arcade game, as your passionate summer love in Italy that unfortunately is not going to work out. You're going to break up. So in order to help you get over this heartbreak, I've got three recommendations today that all have something in common with this arcade game because I think that familiarity should help you out a little bit. Okay. Okay, so here they are. Uh, the first of three. If you like your cartoon arcade beat 'em up, but you need more dough, and not the pizza kind, of course, I'm talking about a game we've referenced multiple times The Simpsons arcade game. A very obvious home run down the barrel, like similar game, <laughs> which we were literally just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, your second recommendation is if you want, uh, you know, you love your turtles, but you got a little tired of the arcade style beat 'em ups, which, as we found out, you love that genre, but mm-hmm. let's say you did, and you want a third-person action game with the Turtles, I'll recommend TMNT, released in 2007, apparently just a mediocre game. <laughs> but if you need a change-up in the style of game, then this is going to do it for you. I, I, I want to remember this game. I'm not quite sure. It's it's with the like Nickelodeon uh, uh, cartoon style, the sort okay. of like 3D, sh- 3D model versions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um. Mm-hmm. I've only ever seen gameplay of it. Apparently, it's not that good. Okay. Um, now, for your final recommendation. If, you know, we're getting older. If your back is aching, and instead of relating to four teenage turtles, you need one old-as-hell guy who just likes to chill, well, I'll recommend any Animal Crossing game because featured in that series mm-hmm. is an old turtle named Tortimer. Have you ever played an Animal Crossing game? Oh, I think... Didn't we all play Animal Crossing during the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, I think okay. most people did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got heavily into that game, yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure if you've met Tortimer, but he is in, I think, all of them, including the first one. And he's just old, but he is a chill guy. Okay. Hmm. So right. uh, that's my recommendations for you. I'll go ahead and recap. We've got the Simpsons arcade game, TMNT, and uh, Animal Crossing, but just because Tortimer's in it. That'll do it. For the Rex, and that'll actually bring us to the end of the show. So, before we go and plug whatever we want, Derek, thanks again for coming on to do this with me. I had such a blast having you on. Oh yeah, thank you for having me. This is great. I, I can talk about video games. It's one of the things I can talk about all day. So, yeah, this is a pleasure. Thank you. I love it. You're so welcome. I'm so glad this worked <laughs> out. Um, on our way out though, before I you know plug a list of things, is there anything you want the people to know? Anything you want to plug today? Um, I am on various. Uh, improv teams, so I'll just plug them. And cool. if you follow them on socials, um, uh, we'll, we plug shows when they come up. Um, so yeah, I'm on a Herald team, Rumors. It plays every Monday, every other Monday at UCB. Uh, I'm on an indie team uh, called Emergency Contact. It used to be a team at Second City Hollywood, which is no longer a thing anymore. Mm. So we just do indie shows here and there. And awesome. I'm on a new team called Sunny's Best. Um, and uh, yeah. We're trying to get a show at UCB. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Um, yeah, that's about it. 
Awesome. That yeah, that would be really cool. Uh, I bet that'll work out at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll put a link to the socials for for all three of those teams uh, uh, in the show notes, so people can check out when you got shows in the LA yeah. area. Um, cool. Killer. Well, I'll go ahead and just close this out with some plugs of my own. The cover art for Call Me by Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his other great work on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J A Y. The show is produced, edited, and the music is by Jeremy Schmidt. Uh, you can give him a thanks uh, for all of his hard work on this podcast by checking out his own video game podcast called Video Games, a Comedy Show. It's also part of this network. You might be familiar with it. Um, you can follow me on social media, uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky. Uh, I, meet, I even stream on Twitch. It's been a while, but I do it occasionally. Um, and then lastly, again, if uh, you like hearing me talk with people about video games in a podcast format, uh, you're going to like a lot of what you find at uh, patreon.com slash super NPC radio, where um, I talked about our games club earlier. But I also do a bonus uh, episode of this podcast every month of the co-op series, as I call it, where I have a group of people on to talk about a meaningful game to uh, to the group of us. Most recently, uh, we released an episode on the original Psychonauts. I played that for the first time. Loved it. Um, it's, it's one of the funniest games I've ever played. And then coming up for the month of December, we'll be doing an episode on SSX3. Not tricky, but SSX3. We're going to be... Uh, you know, just slapping on our snowboards and shredding around the mountain. But again, you can find that at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. But that'll do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We will see you.